you're listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Hello and welcome to the Transport for the North podcast. I am Gemma, your host as always, and today it's the first in our new series where we're talking to our members from right across the North all about transport, all about investment, levelling up and the opportunities uh, that we are all working towards. So let's get straight into it and opening this series for us, we have Councillor Darren Hale. He is Deputy Leader at Hull City Council and the Portfolio Holder there for Economic Investment Regeneration and Planning. Welcome to you. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. So do you want to just start by giving us um, a little bit of background um, on Hull and about your work there um, at the City Council? Well, obviously, we in Hull are the, um, we're the eastern fringes of the transport for the North region uh, on the east coast. And we're obviously the principal, well, we're Yorkshire's only port, really. So we're um, a major gateway to Europe and we're a po- we have a population of about 260 thousand people um, and we're um, obviously one of the major cities in Yorkshire and the Humber. And you have been um, City of Culture over in Hull as we, well. We were City of Culture in, in 2017, that's right, and we've remained um, obviously with that title until we hand the baton over to Coventry, who's um, going to actually start their year later in the year. It was supposed to be from the 1st of January, but because of the COVID, they're doing it middle of the year, I think. Oh, so you get a little bit extra. That's exciting. There you are. Absolutely. It's um, a good luck to them. I, I, I think we had it slightly easier than they've had it, obviously, coming out of the pandemic. But I'm sure they do a marvellous job. Absolutely. Um, so let's get straight into it then, Darren. And I want to um, open by talking about some of the biggest challenges uh, around transport investment, both for um, Hull and for wider across the north. What are some of those um, those biggest challenges for you? Well, I think one of the bigger problems for uh, um, the north as an entity is the fact that travel east-west has been uh, incredibly difficult. Um, particularly by rail. Um, the north-south connections have often been quite good, quite fast, quite reasonable, but east-west has been, um, um, you know, traditionally very, very poorly poorly invested in and under-invested in. So that, what that means is it's been um, um, not far more attractive for many to just travel by road across the M62, which is um, obviously the the spine of the, the spine of the north in some respects. Um, but that's lead to um, major major traffic congestion and inefficiency, particularly to sort of Leeds and Manchester. And, it, um, you know, there should be sensible connectivity between the major great cities of the north by rail. And I think that this this needs, you know, we're talking about major investment so that the, in a sense, there is um, rail can perhaps do some of the heavy lifting and um, for both from both passenger, but also potentially from a freight perspective. And um, we can increase those journey times because, as I say, um, although we're quite close geographically to um, those other major cities of the of the north in you know in Hull, it can take a while to get there. So Hull to Sheffield can take sort of 86, 88 minutes, which is ridiculous. Um, when you can probably get there in a car in about 55, 60, you see, and that's the problem. We need to make make it. Um, as competitive and more attractive, because we know a travel, a, you know, a journey by train 
is far more pleasant if it can be reliable and timely. Absolutely, yeah. That that east-west connectivity um, is a is a big thing, and that's referenced um, throughout uh, the the strategic transport plan and other work that um, that TFN does. And you're absolutely right. A lot of people will end up jumping um, off trains onto roads, but even that doesn't always work because you know that M62 is the only sort of um, rung on the ladder, really, in terms of fully jeweled. Um, access. So absolutely, that's a, that's a key challenge there. I want to get from you, Councillor Hale, um, your top five now. Um, so five ways that you think the North could be levelled up. So the, the, the five priorities that are sort of on your list that you think are going to make the, the biggest difference for that levelling up agenda. Well, number one, clearly, I'll start. I'll start in the order. I think the, uh, of preference, and I think um, number one is is um, electrification of the railway lines from Hull to Sheffield and Hull to Leeds. Is, is actually the electrification goes as far as Selby, but it's um, it's um, absolutely essential because obviously they're stopping. They're going to stop making diesel trains, um, and you can't have half a north, or you can't have half a half a connection. You can have a connection or none at all. So clearly, we know we need that electrification from from Hull to to, to Leeds and, and Hull to Sheffield and equally down to down from Hull Paragon to the dock so that potentially that there's a future proofing for freight going forward so that um, from a from a, um, a sort of um, carbon reduction point of view you know that we uh, freight can make a choice to move by rail rather than road and that would have to be electri electrified going forward for the same reason there'll no diesel trains that would massively cut journey times so you'd see currently halter leads can take 57 minutes on a train um and uh, you know if you start cutting that to say 40 minutes you know that that is incredible and likewise if the journey time for between um, hull and sheffield is cut uh, cut by electrification and upgrades to 50 minutes from 86 it means that you know these cities are um, are, 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 are viable places to work and live in each other's city, but equally to bring commerce in, bring trade in, and um, for the for the north to act as one as a potentially you know as one economic area to rival the the southeast and the over uh, you know and the overheating channel ports because it does it would make whole whole ports you know available to all of Yorkshire and the north, and I think that's really important. So that's the first big thing I would think because it's about um, and we we make um, one of the principal factories on the Humber on our side of the Humber is um, making um, wind turbines for Siemens and that's about you know this is the green energy estuary this is about um, in a sense that the, the, the center probably for Europe for offshore wind and so it's important that we play our part in the things we do as well about carbon reduction so that electrification is about Green energy production and and um, carbon reduction, so it links to our new DNA as a as a port area, you know, in terms of um, going forward. So that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is because we, um, as an accident of history, weren't in a British telecom area, and we had our own uh, telephone company, Kingston Communications, and we had our own who run the local network and also the uh, a business network. Um, we are probably one of the best digitally, digitally connected uh, cities in the UK with some of the highest um, access to highest um, 5G and super fast broadband. So 
we we've started to sort of use that to develop a, this as a place where small business startups and entrepreneurs and creatives want to want to start because they've got that connectivity so we want to in a sense to build upon that and um again the transport links to and from hull are key to that and that's so that was what we would see as a key part of the uh, the leveling up funding i think also um in a sense when we're talking about public transport we're talking about devolved decision making i think one of the problems um with transport in investment the fact it's always been southern southern biased is because parliament's obviously in the south and um lots of MPs and civil servants, um, you know, tend to sort of frame the debate through their own journey to work or their own travel plans. And um, what that tends to mean is it's always been a yes to investment on Crossrail or the South and not in the North. And um, it's much harder to, and I'm very pleased the government have ripped up the Green Book or are talking about making it easier to justify investment decisions in the North, because it tends to be if you've had the investment before, you can have a much better, stronger case for more investment. Whereas if you haven't had it, you're always arguing for that initial investment. And that's what this would bring um, with the um, funding. And that, that comes about the North being united and the leaders of the North being united, speaking as one voice for the North, through the Transport for the North uh, board. And I think that's, um, I, I do feel that we've certainly punched above our weight and the sum of the um, the sum of the whole is more than the sum of the parts because we, you know, we're stronger as one. So the local decision making, so because we, we genuinely believe we are best placed to to make those decisions and have that input. And um, um, we only need to look at the, the previous debate over the new railway timetable where, um, you know, there was a major issues when it was introduced. We strongly suspect that had there been more discussion with the with the North and Transport for the North at the time, we might have avoided those pitfalls and can do again in the future. Um, if we're looking about decarbonisation, as I say, this area has been seeking to encourage decarbonisation. We're a city that had some flooding in 20, surface flooding in 2027 20, and 08. So lots of our residents witnessed firsthand the, the ravages of nature. So we've had huge investment from the Environment Agency in um, coastal river flood defencing. But what we know is that, um, you know, it's focusing everyone's minds to the decarbonisation agenda. So um, not only because it will create jobs and um, the, the jobs and industries of the future, but equally because it's key to our survival. So um, to do our bit as well, we want to be central to, certainly in Hull, to that electrification debate and um, you know in terms of the move towards electric vehicles um, obviously uh, green energy green energy uh, transport via the railways but equally things like active travel such as cycling we've certainly we're a very flat city in Hull so we've been very keen to invest in cycle lane um, cycle lanes uh, um, and we've taken advantage of the government's funding because um, it's it's a key way, you know. Lots of people go on cycling holidays to Holland. Holland is as flat as Holland, so we, you know people come here, and it's a good way to discover the north. And um, we would want we would encourage people to come over from the continent, take advantage of um, our geography for cycling, pro and probably um, get on the train and go across the north. And I think that's certainly something we've thought to 
encourage and I know that the uh, working with TFM we've in, installed lots of um, cycling facilities at um, Hull Paragon station to support that uh, future mode of, mode of travel and um, probably last and not um, last and not least I suppose um, is is freight you know we are um, one of the problems at the moment is that with with freight is that, that you can't get across the north on the freight even you get across on a passenger train because of um because of the width the width of some of the uh, the passing points on the, on the network so we want to see um those improvements to ensure that um freight can move from liverpool to hull because it would be from port to port all the way across the m62 because um if people have to if people have to split the journey and move on to road they're not going to ever start the journey on rail they will only ever be doing so so that freight infrastructure to the ports both on our side of the humber to hull but also to the to our uh, on the south bank to Immingham is absolutely crucial for us to get, talk about that shifting it also would assist in unblocking the m62 because if you look at the 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 issues of traffic on the m62 a lot of it is freight and commercial it's not just um uh, commuter traffic it's um it's freight and um industrial traffic and if we can shift a good proportion of that to to the rail then we should be seeking to do so but we need that freight connectivity as i said earlier and i know that tfn is supporting us and pushing for that absolutely i mean i think you've touched on some uh, of the big issues there decarbonisation freight electrification and of course not least that sort of um devolved decision making so on from that and you've you referenced the sort of one voice aspect of the transport for the north board and the bringing all the regional leaders together why do you think that's so important and how is the that that one voice uh for the north uh taking forward the the leveling up agenda and and, and really advocating for um more investment and strategically planned investment i i see tfn is really crucial because i see tfn as a, um, a chance for us from hull being able to sort of put hull on the map so to speak and i don't you know i know we're now on the weather map but in putting us on the uh, the northern map uh, because we are a big city and i think um being somewhat isolated um, um as a city in the same way as liverpool i think it's really important that we, you know we're, um we have our voice at the table and i think um, it also enables us to to share experiences with those other uh, local authorities and the other great cities of the north and although many I think probably a lot of people think we have ample ample avenues and opportunities to do that well we don't you know there's not many forums where we come together as one and this is one so I think it enables um, that shared understanding and also the fact that you can't have um, you can't have half you can't have half a network you have a network or you don't have one at all and I think it's important that certainly we've been very clear that is an end-to-end -end result you know sometimes governments speak in terms of manchester leeds um but the trains have to start and finish somewhere don't they and um it's really important that you have a network because um obviously we connect lots of the commuter towns to and from the major cities you know so from when you leave hull you'll see commuter stops in both directions where people who live and work that's the key thing that these increased uh the increased investment and the reduced uh, travel times 
will enable many more people to set up their businesses in the north, but also see it as a good, viable place to live. Because actually, you know, the cost of living here is still relatively cheap compared to the south of England, and it may, it, it opens up real opportunities for business uh, relocation. I think, but again. Um, I think that comes of speaking with that one collective voice. I also think it's important that um, government hear that message. So it's not just hearing it from Manchester or from Leeds, but hearing it from across the door that all the authorities share this vision of um, levelling up, which is, you know, um, if you look at the northern economy and the number of people in the north, it does rival London and the South East, but only if we're one integrated economy um without that in a sense we, we, you know there's there's possible oasis uh, oasis or um uh, patchy economic development um only as one united north or we have that sort of um that that, that collective uh, that collective view and that collective um, ability to punch above our weight i think and i think you know um this is a chance i think tfn offers us the chance transport for the north board and the transport for the North agenda offers us that one good chance to 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 make a uh, a generational case for that investment. And I think if we miss that opportunity now, I think the people that come after will not thank us for having missed the boat, so to speak, or in this case, missed the train probably as well in terms of that investment. And I think you have got a government that is, um, you know, open to the idea of investing. In the railways and investing in infrastructure and um, I'm a firm believer if you build infrastructure um, people come people say ah oh, well you know it's a case of uh, is there a demand there well there will be the demand there when you build it that's the evidence of all the economic investment of the past and that's why in a sense we've got to argue the case for that now for the north yeah and I think that's uh, it gives us a really um a really ambitious opportunity as well, doesn't it, to uh, to set out these plans and uh, uh, not only sort of level up, but really kind of go further. And we're always talking about how the North has so many opportunities and so much passion and so many great people and businesses. And uh, yeah, having the uh, the infrastructure to support that is uh, is absolutely crucial. And um, we're going to finish on uh, on one last thing, and we've been talking about it for. Um, literally just over a year now and of course this is of course the uh the covid uh pandemic um it's brought challenges to us in so many ways it's also brought some opportunities or some new ideas and certainly some different ways of of working and what are your thoughts on the biggest impacts of dealing with um a global pandemic in terms of transport what have we had to change um and what have we learned that we're going to, to use going forwards well, I think uh, if we start with perhaps a slightly negative uh, point, uh, a negative fallout from that is that we we have one of the only um, open access operations in the um, train operators non-franchised in, in Hull, which is Hull Trains, which was a, a very uh, reliable business and a very popular business with lots of people who've never been to Hull still using the journeys to say, uh, you know, on the East Coast mainline. So that has actually effectively um, been you know ceased to operate and has been stood down because obviously it's purely based on uh, passenger revenue. So that's a real and I know TFN has raised those issues for us around um, and I know with the um, with the Williams review we need to see what the recommendations for open access operators are. 
but we would really want to ensure because we think that from both a business point of view but also a leisure economy point of view is absolutely crucial that uh, that extra um, east coast north south operator persists and and survives the post post the um, you know the reopening up post the pandemic because it's an excellent whole business employing a couple hundred people but it's also um, crucial for the entire network and I know that we've got some TFN has fought to keep those routes open so that um, those routes are available and aren't lost but we need to make sure that there's someone to operate on them so that's the first thing uh, perhaps parochial will, will bang the drum for whole trains but secondly um, I think there has been a change in how people look at um, um, travel. I mean, we know that the bus travels suffered currently because of um, uh, COVID and is being financially supported by the government. Um, I do think that will come back. I genuinely do. But I think there, you know, there will be, it will take longer than people think because people will need to get the confidence back. But I think that what we've seen is a huge explosion in cycling. I think came from when the government said you can have your hours exercise and you can um, get out and about and I think people you know nervous amateur cyclists I suppose or people returning to cycling took advantage of the quieter roads and the lockdown and um, said oh this is perhaps this is the time for me to reevaluate my life and also with more people working from home they're thinking well I've got, I've got to get out of the house and do some exercise and walking and cycling so active travel in its widest sense um, is something that's really going to have a boon on the back of this and i think it's important that we 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 seize the moment and we take advantage of that that new optimism and that new found willingness to perhaps try cycling or return to cycling um and, and persuade people to stay out the cars um now it's not always easy i mean we put cycle lanes in in Hull. it's not always easy and they're not always that popular but actually um they're very popular amongst those people that are using them i find and um it's about how we um, encourage that change. I think what we have the option to do is what took Holland a generation in terms of shifting towards a sort of um, a, a multimodal mindset of you know public transport, cycling, walking, and car use. We have the chance to do in half a generation, I think, because I think people are receptive and are wanting to look at um, different things. And I, I think there will be a return to the office, but I think. Um, not for everybody and not every day and i think that that this obviously if, if anything comes from this pandemic it's the opportunities for us to all perhaps think again about our lives and the decisions we make and the transport decisions we make and um so i think you've got a more receptive public so we've got to uh, push at that again to ensure that the um nationally we're at tfn transport for the north is at the forefront of that debate about modal shift because i think um what you tend to find is um they own as many cars in holland as we do um but but they but they use them a lot less and i think that's the, what we've got to get to not we, people have got to be willing to to, to to take the healthier options and the um the more the more um decarbonizing options when they can and i think that you know there is a market there is a sort of an audience out there for that those messages and it's just about us pushing on that agenda that's a really interesting fact about holland i didn't i didn't know that one that is uh yeah super interesting and yeah of course you're absolutely right i think the um one of the big take-homes from the pandemic is that we have all had to change the way we 
we work and travel and absolutely you know I've certainly been out out walking more and, and taking advantage of um of the opportunity to do that and uh, I think we're probably going to see active travel and, and other sort of different ways of traveling and working um changing over the next few months and probably years as well as we find um a new normal I think was the phrase wasn't it about how we uh, how we work uh, Councillor Hale, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we have done a bit of a whistle-stop tour uh, of all of the big issues uh, in transport from levelling up and decision-making and funding uh, right through to freights, decarbonisation, electrification of the rail network. So uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for bringing the um, whole perspective uh, to the conversation. Um, we uh, look forward to hearing from you um, at future discussions at board meetings as well. And thank you as well to all of our listeners for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this uh, first episode of our new series featuring uh, all of our members. Um, don't forget that you need to make sure that you've subscribed on Spotify or SoundCloud or wherever you're listening so that you don't miss any episodes. Uh, and stay in touch over on our social media channels as well to get all the latest news from from Transport for the North. Thanks again for listening. Take care of yourselves and I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks for listening to the Transport for the North podcast. Don't forget you can subscribe on Spotify and SoundCloud so you never miss an episode. You can find us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook for all our latest updates. And join us on our website where you can find all the latest news and sign up to our All Points North newsletter.